podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, you miserable bastards, and welcome to this week's Misery Hunters podcast. I am still not Jamie Coburn. I am Mark Jarden. Jamie is currently trying to withdraw to pre-ordered amounts of money for St. Maga out of his bank account and to disappear to the Dominican Republic. Good luck, Jamie. Um, most of the other guys also not here. Um, not to quote from the WhatsApp, because that would be unfair, but they just said, fuck all you and fuck off. So... That's fair enough. But joining me is the one and only Sam Smith. Hello. Good evening. How's it going? You alright? All good. All good. Uh, just scrammed the McDonald's there, so uh, even even better after that, to be honest. Good to, good to hear. I took the day off work today and uh, spent most of my mid to late afternoon fanning around in the kitchen trying to make an edible butter chicken by the time my wife got home from work. I've made, and, I've made butter chicken like twice before but it's uh, from the like, gusto recipe right, right. which are fairly easy to follow and I don't know why but whatever re- for whatever reason when I make it I kind of tend to dry it out a bit too much and it's not as not as like creamy which is annoying because a, a good butter chicken is a great curry pretty good uh, pretty good creamy option here although low calorie because I'm trying to be one of those people class low natural yogurt and chopped tomatoes and shit like that what I don't get, and we will talk about something at some point. What I don't get is that my wife, if she's making that, gets in from work, and then it takes about twenty minutes, and it's sorted. And I reckon I probably had to block out about two and a half hours. <laughs> it takes me fifteen it's minutes the, to chop onions. It's the thing though that when you when you get a recipe card or something that says, "Oh, this will take like gusto," or, for anyone that's like listened, I know probably know what I'm talking about. Gusto will tell you that the it'll take 20 or 25 minutes and it doesn't because that doesn't that assumes that you are a Michelin star chef that is able to cut vegetables at like in between like there's like certain structures it'll be like fry off your chicken in the pan for two minutes it'll be like meanwhile chop four onions eight potatoes 16 cloves of garlic and two tomatoes and you're like well fucking not going to be able to do that no one can do that I was looking for something from my right hand today. I essentially cook. <laughs> I cook like Eamon Brophy reading an auto cue. <laughs> about the same level of <laughs> about the same level of comprehension, like James English trying to read out a script. That is that, especially when he gets known racist, misogynist on. Good to have you with us, brother. Eh, uh, uh, I wanted to give you the chance to put your side of the story across. Look interested. Turn away. Oh, sorry, wasn't supposed to read that bit out. Fucking idiot. Anyway, there's someone podcasting me and there's a someone game to talk about. And that someone game to talk about is St Mirren 2, Ross County now. We're back. We're going to the Europa League it's it's all sorted. What was anyone ever panicking about? A football and masterclass. Where do you want to start? We'll, we'll start with the team. 
I know, I mean, I think with um, once the dust had settled, I think there was some recognition that the second half against St Johnston, we played some reasonable football. We created chances like we want to, or like Robinson wants to, by playing in behind, and we just didn't put them away. It felt like we just carried that on, but had a had a bit more composure about us. Aye. Just kind of chipped away. And, the, and to be honest, the first half wasn't brilliant, but second half, I thought, that's the one that was racking up points at the start of the season. Aye, we were really good. Most of it probably down to McMahon, a younger. That was... Yeah. That is that a younger's fourth fourth appearance yeah. since he's come fourth. back and that's you're probably now seeing him getting really back into the swing of things uh, we'll, we'll go on to his goal but just everything outside of that he was he was really really good you know I think the you kind of got to see all the all the main attributes that he has but I actually forgot how quick he was as well at times yeah. I think it was the one where he plays the one two with McManny that Laidlaw it went down low and laid low, got the leg on it and it deflected over the bar in the first kind half. parries it down and then up. Yeah, you just see how quick he can break away for defenders. And like I think Ross County are kind of fairly handy at the back. The three guys that they play there are pretty mobile. And I, Jonah and Stav gave him a, a torrid time. I, I'd seen a lot of people kind of going on about like Manny and saying, oh, why is it taking till December for him to get a start? But I think Robinson was pretty pretty clear in what he was saying after the game. He said that he's coming from a culture that's totally different from ours where I think he had said like strikers in the Israeli league don't press, they're fairly lazy. It's 38 degrees. Like, yeah. You're, you're going to go hang and wait for something to come your way. And also there's the, the small matter of the thing that is happening in his homeland as well. So like, yeah. there's, there's a lot of factors in why he might, his eye might have been off the ball, but I mean, he's, he certainly took his chance and He'll be, he, I mean, he's a stick on the start this weekend anyway. It's maybe that he also needed a younger to be the kind of foil off of as well. The, the way Aye. he was playing maybe doesn't work playing beside, you know, Mandron or, or Grieve or, or whoever it is. Um, I, I think the thing with a younger that I'd forgotten about, and, and I'm not um, I'm not intending to come across as saying that, you know, that Jonah Younger's the, the be all and end all and the best player on the planet. I think there's a reason he plays for St Man, but he's someone that showed that he was capable of so much and if he could put a run together as the kind of guy that makes a that makes a real difference for a team of our kind of size. But the the thing I'd forgotten, see if you compare it to Mandron playing that central role where most of the most of the, the kind of longer balls are coming towards him. Mandron's good at getting up and winning things and if he gets up, generally speaking, he's kinda of nodding it over to Tanser or, or to nice. you know, if if if, if Kelty's maybe caught up or whatever. He's, he's kind of nodding on and then you're trying to build something. See the amount of times that the ball like hits a younger and gets to his feet and then his first like touch with his, his feet is to take it into the pitch or to turn a defender and just open up space. And by then, it's what we were seeing last season. It's, you know, guys like O'Hara and Kilty and, and folk overlapping him and getting chances, getting space on the side of the box and putting more more crosses in. I, I think a younger played really well, but I think he also brought so much out of other people. Especially, well, really uh, especially O'Hara as well. I thought that was, yeah. I thought that was the best we've seen O'Hara for, for a good, a good five or six games, and uh, maybe, maybe it's just suited better to play in the kind of the three, the three in midfield. Uh, if that's if that's a sacrifice that we need to make, that I mean, I don't I, don't get me wrong. I don't think O'Hara played as bad as what people at the start of the season when he was playing on the two. He didn't play as bad. 
as people were suggesting. I think it was just more the last kind of run of games that he was particularly poor. And it was probably highlighted more because he was in a two, whereas he'd get away with a bit. He'd probably get away with you know, a wee bit more off at a three, but it's good to have the options. We've seen that when a 3-4-3 three, three works at the start of the season, like when we were racking up points, it's great, but to have the flexibility to, to change it, go to the two up front, a bit more rigid in midfield, it's it's what we're good. We're, we're really good at working both formations, and if you've got two systems that teams, for the most part, have struggled to deal with, then you'll continue to rack up points. And I don't um, just when you're talking about the shape there. Sorry, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that Danda had a real off day and, and get taken off. Um, right. You know, listen to the terrace and watch some of the BBC stuff, and you know, a couple of comments about you know when you're struggling to create chances, how can you take? Stand out like surely you don't have someone like for like to kind of replace what the quality that he's got, but I think us having that more robust midfield and allowing the defense maybe to focus on what's in front of them and what's kind of coming at them really did restrict Danda to sitting like 30 35 yards out and trying to and try to find gaps. And then um, I thought, generally speaking, I don't, I don't think you could really pinpoint anyone as having had a, a bad game, an off game. I, I don't intend this to be you know kind of cruel or unfair or, or overly harsh but I've seen a fair amount of comment about how good Small was and to be honest I don't think Small looked that comfortable I don't think he had a bad game but I, I don't had, think he was comfortable and he's right it's just the it constant awkwardness of having to cut back in on your left yeah. which is which is fine I think you've which County knew was coming so yeah. I feel like he got frustrated for, he didn't have a bad game and he, he put a lot of effort in and I would Rather see that kind of energy than you know maybe Flynn when he comes back. Or, and, uh, he's and, a proper, you know, he's a he's a proper threat going forward as well. Even when he's not, yeah, even when he's not on the ball, you've seen a few times in the first half, and then maybe laterally in the second half because he did begin, he did begin to tire a bit, and understandably so. He's not played like consistent football for a while, but he makes a lot of runs in at the back post and kind yeah. of that sort of area, and it's given you know defenders. A lot to think about, but I actually forgot uh, it was the run that he took on in the second half when I can't remember who it was. It was playing left back, and he just absolutely he just smoked them like to the, like the guy was. I think Small might have started like maybe five yards behind him at one point with the ball, it's like five yards in front of him, and yeah. then ends up just miles ahead of him. Like he's, I thought he had a, a good game, but I maybe maybe blown a wee bit out of proportion because we've not had a. A real performer in there since Strain yeah. get injured. I actually thought, I know it was only for 15, 20 minutes at the end of the game, but I actually thought we looked really solid and also looked as if we were making use of the space in front of us when Fraser went out wide and Bolton came on. I actually yeah. thought we looked really solid in that. There's two, um, two, in that fairly, two fairly good appearances for Bolton, I'd say, uh, in a row. Yeah. Which, uh, there is the, the kind of question why a guy with a the pedigree that he has hasn't played more games, but Fraser's not really put a, Fraser's Fraser in his whole time at St. Mirren's really, really put a foot wrong. So yeah. it'd be harsh to really bring out a guy who Robinson probably sees as fairly integral to his team just for the sake of giving a guy game time. But again, like we've got, I mean, two games, well, I mean, six games in the next three weeks or something. Like as, we, as we've been saying for the last wee bit, there's plenty of time for these guys to to get their shot in the team and I'm I'm sure based on the 
Base two on the with it's a bit more of a larger sample size you've got because I think that's Bolton what he played like did he get twenty five minutes there? Uh, twenty, twenty five minutes. And then obviously get a full half against St Johnston. That's he looks good and it's maybe just been unfortunate that he's not that he's running the team. But I uh, I feel a bit better about the squad after the win at the weekend because guys have come in off the bench and, and took their yeah. chance. And I think you saw the squad being used effectively as well. I think one of the you know, pretty reasonable criticisms after the St Johnston result was the substitutes and being a little kind of um not not them individually, but the you know, the, the, the kind of decisions that were made been tough to understand. Um whereas I think Saturday was a really kind of concrete evidence of actually the squad being this way where you've got Mahmani and a younger starting Mandron and Olisanio when they come on, I thought were really, really effective at what you needed them to to be there for. They just pinned Aye. Ross County back and stopped them building anything pressed really well. Is, that's yeah. it's two games in a row. And even which surprised me beyond belief was even Ross Davidson said that uh, he thought all of a looked good again. It's a first he, first time for anything. Next thing you know he'll be complimenting Junior Marais. But he's right though, I think, especially especially this Johnston game and Latterly at the weekend, there, like he maybe looks as if he's thinking about what he's doing a wee bit more and not just like run first, ask questions later. Like he's he's not kind of showing the fairly ropey touch that he has at times. He's he's looked a bit more composed and his pace just makes him such an asset for us. He gets into yeah, so many so. good areas, and I've said it before, we've done it to death. He's so quick, teams might. Must just be horrible to defend. I think yeah, I can't remember who it was. Someone on the Discord. I think it might have been GM nineteen eighty seven said that he thinks it's the fastest St Mirren team that he's seen, and it's probably Eventually. right. Like, yeah, I, I can't. I can't remember a. I can't remember a team with this amount of like pace in it on in so many positions. Because usually we've kind of maybe get like I think under Goodwin we obviously had Connolly, but other than that, and the whole time never really had anything else. Like this team's. I don't want to say they're just a team of athletes because it really kind of undermines what they're all really good at. But they are all they're all guys that are probably the fittest submarine team we've seen and uh, probably the most athletically capable anyway. Yeah, I mean, I think of all the things that you could probably level at Robinson, not taking fitness seriously is probably bottom of the Aye. bottom of the list. That it feels like the team get you know like. Absolutely beasted in, in terms of fitness. Like it makes such a difference in games, especially late, late in games like, as well. Uh, late, late in games. I mean, you're you're running teams off the park. Like uh, I think you go in and you look at the kind of state of other teams in the league fitness wise. And also Johnston beat us, but that's the last few weeks. And like the kind of Craig Levine said, like the fifth day or sixth day that his team looked absolutely knackered. Yeah. Whereas we we don't really ever look to stop, and considering the volume of games we've had, and Fair criticism about the performances, and at one thing that you can't really say that they don't look fit. Definitely. One last thing, just to cover before we talk about the the goals themselves. I thought once Bacchus came on, obviously you don't want to see Boydman's gone down and, and taking a knock, but I did think Bacchus coming back on was really the catalyst for the performance to to kind of come together. I don't think without with Bacchus on the bench, you maybe create some of what you, you create and, and kind of hold Ross County to what we held them to. Um, Boydman's wasn't having a, a bad game, but I think it showed 
And I, I can't remember if I said this the other week, but I think if you look, if, if we're now playing a midfield three again, and you're you're including Kilty, so we've got the four options that are going to likely play. I think Bacchus is probably the first name on that that list for me. You know, O'Hara's club captain and all the rest, but the Bacchus is the one that I don't want to see sitting out. And really, I would be kind of working out what you do with the other spaces based on Bacchus being in. I think um, within minutes of him coming on, it was just on every touch of the Ross County midfield, just not letting it. The amount of the amount of times they had to just empty the ball into a half went up, at least to my eyes on the day. He's, he's horrible. He, he, he must be awful to play against. Yeah, but I, I think I, I, probably I was maybe a wee bit. I think when he was obviously due to go to Bolton in the summer. I never say I did say I think it would have been a big miss, but I was maybe harshly labelled him a system player and kind of thought he's a kind of bog standard box to box guy. Who I remember the the fee that was branded about the time it was three hundred and fifty grand, like plus the the selling and that. And I was like, well, he doesn't really have like an outstanding quality that people would pay for. But I think analytically, like in terms I, of analytics, we saw that Dutch guy that was doing all the. The kind of player models and stuff last summer, and he did Bacchus, and he was like, "This guy, I wouldn't recommend this guy to to anyone based on numbers." But football isn't all numbers. Uh, he's just he's far better than I think he gets. And probably I gave him credit for it at the start of the season. Like I never never thought he was a bad player. I thought ah, we can maybe go out and get someone that does the same job. But when he plays, he's great. He's just he's so energetic, and he, he's. Yeah. Really comfortable in both both ends of the pitch as well. Like you can trust him to kind of put on a tackle. I know that he loves a booking, but it's just the way he plays. He plays on the edge, gets himself involved in, in everything. And you know, nine times out of ten, he wins the ball. He's, he's you know really comfortable driving forward with it. And you know, we've seen at times as well. And his whole spell, he's he's pretty capable in the box as well when he gets the chance. But uh, yeah, I'm with you. I think I think in the midfield, he's got to be the the one that we kind of build it around. Anyway. He's the he's the irreplaceable kind of package, I think. And then the rest you're just kinda of working out how best to, to support that. I mean I, I don't think Greg Kilty specifically should be dropped, but I'd be interested to see what a back is O'Hara Boydman's midfield mm-hmm. did. Um, it's probably I think fairly similar real, it's probably fairly similar to what we've seen for the first half of last season. You're eleven backers to kind of play Bacchus on the left-hand side, O'Hara on the right, and then you've got, it would just be like having Erehon back there again, doing the, pulling the strings. Well, uh, we'll go from there into the into the goals that, that won us the game. First one, the now traditional long VAR wait for it to be confirmed. And to be honest, it did, uh, I think, um, a quick shout out to, to David Nichols. It was him that I'd seen sharing the, the kind of like zoomed in replays and stuff. I think part of the length of that bar weight must have been that if they couldn't prove it was over the line, were they going to give us a penalty? Because someone get it might be Taylor. I think gets it was, absolutely. It was, it was Taylor. Aye. It gets absolutely buried. Um, was it uh, Neil McCann who said the the Ross County defender done well to haul him to the ground? Like, well, he didn't because one, the ball hits off the guy who's hauling to the ground and goes in the back of the net, and two, it was a penalty. So. Neil McCann is very much a kind of like Forrest Gump figure. I usually and, don't mind. Like, as a pundit. He's got this kind of like incredible story where he's played 
football in all these places and done all these things, but when it comes down to it, he's not a smart man. He just like yeah, there's uh, a lot of guys like that. But I just I, I don't mind them. But I, that that was moronic, man. Like I don't know, I can't remember who it was that uh, that brings Taylor to the ground. But he's like all over him. Like Taylor is Taylor lands on his back. He's like the, the guy is that all over him. Like he gives me I kind mean, of. I don't think he's like as a pundit. I'm, I'm being I'm being a bit harsh, right? He's generally okay. I can't imagine him as a manager. Like he's got decent ideas, and, and I'm he's sure like butter as well. But like, it gives me like Castro vibes. I just can't imagine he can talk to people. But I'm pretty sure he's a bit of a he's a bit of a hothead. Like apparently he's uh, right. I think I remember for his time at Dundee there was like a lot of stuff in the press that he was like squaring up to players and that. A kind of John so, Collins type. Uh, aye, it's probably kind of, one of the like ones slightly though, like bookish, but has the has the dog in him. Probably one of the ones like he's used to set like a high standard his whole career coaching. I don't know, like. That Musa yeah. guy that they signed for Dundee up for probably <laughs> takes it out yeah, like Yeah, to be fair. Um, can we agree that it's a Ryan Taylor goal? Ryan Taylor? Yeah, oh, give it no, to I've Ryan Taylor a, all you want. I've made a File complete answer that, that one. File that alongside uh, Jason Gordon. But, uh, they're determined to give it to Richard Leake, but I'm giving it to Ryan Taylor. I don't know why there's such a... Why there was like the... I think in real time, obviously, when you and Callum are on the, on the mic, you can't really see who it hits, but... I can't believe the, like, I'm in disbelief that the bookies didn't pay out on, do you see that guy? Uh, it was a St. Murn fan who who says he puts Richard Taylor on to score first, like, every week. Like, just as, like, a kind of yeah. offer, he'll come in, he'll, he'll, make the, he'll make the money off it, and, like, the bookies didn't pay out on it. They just go Even by Opta, the, though. They don't, they, they doesn't just, matter what yeah. actually happened, it's who Opta give it to, so. But that's fucking wild, like. Yeah, but yeah, I think that's his his first goal for the club as well. Obviously, he got the one ruled out against United at Tannadice last year, but probably he didn't know much about it. But he definitely deserved it. Just just came at such a good time, Mark. Yeah, I yeah. watched the watched the full game back on Monday when I was allegedly working, and uh, I had just I think I, again it's capped off another good performance for for Taylor. He's just I rave about him every single time I'm on, but he's just so comfortable. He's just such a great footballer, and yeah, coupled yeah, with man. the fact that he's a really good defender as well. Just delighted for him to get a goal. Everything good we do. I've, 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 you know, I said it on comms on Saturday, I've said it on here before, and I'll say it again. Everything good we do comes because either Taylor or Gogic breaks the lines, and teams panic in midfield and come to him, and it creates space, and we then run into that space. It's not an accident. Aye. That that happens. It, it's right. it's constant. Um, I'm a big fan of Taylor, and I know I know there's some of the kind of like Facebook dads who still just don't have it because he once made a couple of mistakes and he doesn't empty the ball sixty yards and all right. the rest of it. But he is the kind of defender that a guy like Stephen Robinson managing a team like someone just dreams of getting. A guy who I can't imagine they're paying the world for. Who looks as if he's been undervalued and steps straight into this level of football and is just at it. Um, I, I, I'm a big, big fan of Taylor. I actually thought when Dunn came on, he, he was fine as well. He just kind of saw the game out. I also thought Dunn was all right against St Johnston as well. To be honest, Mostly. I know he makes the makes a big mistake, but uh, yeah. did we did, did we done a podcast in St Johnston? Yeah, uh, yeah, we yeah. did one the day after. Yeah, yeah. we did. I, I just I was. In the middle of that there, but let's, like, let's not talk about it. No, I, <laughs> I thought Dunn was all right. I, 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 he does get a lot of 
a lot of criticism, but I think you're in the same boat as me, and probably the same boat as a few others. Like for the most part, Dunn's been Dunn's been a good player for St. Mirren. Three or four games out of every five, Dunn's pretty good. And even in those games where he's not great, it maybe makes a mistake, you know, half the time. If that's not getting too convoluted. Like he's not it's not as if every time he's on the pitch he's threatening to ruin a result for us. Most of the time he's pretty consistent, he's handy. I have had enough of watching the done diagonals, but that's I think that's just because we now see with Taylor kind of what's possible if that person in that position just stayed on the ball or Taylor's really good at like zipping one low to where uh, he's going as opposed to aiming for Taylor's probably everything that Robinson wishes done was. Yeah. I think I've said it before, like uh when I've done the open goal thing before, like we were talking I was talking to James McFadden about uh about Robinson and about Dunn. Oh, and, friends. Yeah, my, my friend McFadden friends. Yeah, oh. He did actually turn around when he was on Sky Sports duty once and uh, said, All right, big man. But uh big man. Listen, I'm, I'm just that big time. But uh, he'd said like oh like Dunn as like I was like, Oh, like it feels as if like O'Hara's like Robinson's son. And he was like, No, Charles Dunn is Robinson's son. That like, he was like he absolutely loves him. Yeah. <laughs> I could probably make sense, like yeah. We're just pretty blessed, I think, for the first time in a long time that we've got good options everywhere on the two two guys that if they come in the team, I'm fairly comfortable. They'll do a, a good job. But obviously, if both are fit, Taylor's got to play. Only place to go after this is to talk about Big Jonas icing on the cake. It's just everything I've wanted to see from this Simon team since since the end of January, when uh, when Ayunga did his knee, just finding the yard and just lashing one past Laidlaw, who I thought had a, a great game otherwise. Probably Aye. a little disappointed to get beat his near post low down, but... He's such a hard... I think that's... I've seen him get a fair whack of criticism for it, but that's an unbelievably hard shot to, for so many reasons, because... At a horrible one, height. Hor- and... It's at a horrible height. It's bouncing yeah. right before him. No keepers expecting him to shoot there either because he he kind of like, looks as if he's maybe going to go out left and kind of go out towards the touchline, but he yeah. doesn't. He just wraps it right for right round at good pace and a great goal. Just so happy for him as well. Like that's a yeah. that's a big one. That's made up for him as well. That's the that's the monkey off the back, isn't it? That's the that's the first goal that he's probably been desperate for since he's come in. He's obviously had a couple of had a couple he's of years. He's looked desperate for it as well. I think there was a cut. There was one, in particular, in the first half where I think uh, he just couldn't get it out of his out of his feet. There was uh, was it him that drew the save kind of low down at the near post from Laidlaw? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Laidlaw, I think that Laidlaw was kind of getting the bet then, but I just so 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 happy. Just the pure relief when that went in as well. That you kind of you knew you had because it's this St Mirren team I don't have any doubt that once once we go 2-0 up I don't think they've chucked a lead like that under Robinson so I don't the, the, I'm racking my brain the only lost, the only um, lead that we've chucked although it was a single goal was the St Johnston 2 each yeah. last season which was a proper chuck of a Aye. chuck of a lead um, but yeah I don't think we're I don't think we're we're in a bad spot at all and I, I think it was just a reminder of the stuff that we do well I'm not pretending that we haven't just had a fairly rough patch of of performances. And I, I don't think Robinson's hidden from that 
No, I mean, no, I think no. I think he's been fairly realistic, but that did feel like the win we were waiting for on Saturday. Um, kind of proof of concept that we were going to have to rip stuff up and and, and start again. I would expect a fairly similar team to come out. Um, come out on Saturday. Um, to to face Motherwell, maybe with the exception of Bacchus back in for for yeah, I think it'll be the I think it'll be the the exact same team, but. I just that one change. I've, I don't really see. I think especially with is it uh, Casey out now for Motherwell, so they're going to have to do a really? bit of a, a rejig of the their kind of back three. I think it because it was Blaney, Casey, and Butcher. Because I think Paul McGinn's still out, and uh, obviously the Casey being out should a bit of a, a bit of a blow. So I, I don't know. I really have no idea what they'll do then. A bit of, a bit of baller, to be honest. I think uh, you look back the start of this. Um, is it thirteen games that the start of this thirteen game run was us winning at Fur Park, and they they didn't play badly the, that day at, at all. Uh, I just I, I remember. Sorry, Mark. I remember the the start of this run because if you get the run up and it's like yeah, I've just pulled up there. Rangers, St Mirren, and Celtic, and in so, all three games they played really well. Yeah, single goal defeat. So we win one nil at Fur Park. They only lose one nil at. Um, Ibrooks and then they is it it's that ninety seventh minute winner for Celtic at Far Park where they more than matched Celtic that day. Aye. But see, to be fair, see, looking at the entire the entire run, it was four defeats in a row because they they then get beat by Mother, by Livingston right after, which is pretty embarrassing. Um, but since then they've only lost by more than a goal against the uh, against Aberdeen, which is a pretty sore one, and against County, but they've had. Plenty of draws and most of their games are pretty marginal. There's not, you know, it's not as if they've capitulated. You look at some of the like hidings that St Johnston and Livy are taking and uh, and all the rest of it. It doesn't feel like that, but it also you kind of wonder where it's going to change. Part of me probably has that irrational fear that it's us on, on Saturday. We started the run and we might be the ones to to kind of end it. But you would be hoping that we are going in one direction and they're they're going in another currently. I still can't see them sacking him, to be honest. I think there was a lot of a lot of chat in the the Motherwell Forum and PNB this week, and a lot of guys were kind of saying that, well, this is to be that this was like kind of expected because of how much they cut the budget. Like they let go of twenty odd players, and some of them only brought in nine. Yeah, like they've really trimmed the budget because they're well, they're, they've kind of run out of money for the the fortunate like fees they were bringing in and like higher up league places, good cup runs and. They're probably where they not where they should be, but round about in the right area for what their budget's probably suggesting after the kind of big cuts. But don't get me wrong, they still have a good team. They still get players that I would take as a so they probably are underachieving. But I'm fearful, like you, that it will turn at some point for them, and I just hope it's not against us. It's games like this that tend to give me the fear, as opposed to games where I think we're going to get battered. Aye. Um, but I think for all I think you can give Motherwell plenty of credit when we played them last in the league back in the, the 16th of, of September they had the better in the midfield that day Miller, Slattery and uh, Spittle, Spittle uh, across the middle were, were excellent but they were held at arm's length by our defence playing pretty well and our you know, a very very deliberate tactic that was the, the big switch from Strain over to Tancer on the, the left hand side that got the goal you can't take those three points away from us. You look at the, the cup 
one nil as well. It's it's very much the the same along with the attempted murder of Biereth by Charles Dunn. He's still my one It follows a pattern. Yeah. You know, I'm sure Stephen Robinson will be going into this game saying, "Do what you good at," and I'll take care of itself. I don't don't worry too much about the about the rest of the noise. It's ourselves on commentary. That is indeed. Um, not going to lie, the previous game, the one 0 wasn't the wasn't the greatest uh, spectacle. To, in fact, the, the most memorable um, bit of that was a uh, Kettlewell losing the heat about the physicality of how we were playing, and we got five yellow cards in that game, and I don't think Motherwell got one. No, I, I, I can. Fairly, that I can remember their players were putting it about a wee bit as well. Yeah, I can remember us getting kicked up in there a couple of times. Got to stay in on the press conferences after that one, and um, Kettlewell was absolutely fuming. It was a glorious thing to witness. It's not, there's not much better than sitting in a press conference with an opposition manager after a like, good result for your team that's like kind of unexpected and against the against the run because like obviously the one we post the Cogley last year when we drew to each at Celtic Park was fucking hilarious man like guys absolutely losing the rag of it submitting because uh, a journalist said oh submitting could have been three or four one up at one point was like, yeah but they weren't mate like, fuck off Ange like why don't you go and play a couple of fullbacks at centre half you dick ah levels aye um, but I'm looking forward to it, actually. Um, big day for us as well, obviously. Live sure. show after, so uh, hopefully we get the, the right result before we ground and sit in was Jamie's it, shop. Was it Motherwell that we played the same day as the in, live show? In the United. The Grieve kind of late winner? Uh, first, so. day of, uh, first day of VR in Scotland. Remember the oh, one uh, a younger Bacchus. scored? When back, I think when Younger scored in the sixty fifth minute, and Bacchus like hit someone in the face in the fifty ninth yeah. or something, and the goal got chopped off. So there you go. If you're looking for good omens, the the good omen last this Saturday was that hero and unofficial ninth misery hunter or whatever we're up to, Callum Woodger was a uh, was the man that joined me on comms. He has now commentated twice: four 0 v St Johnston, two 0 v Ross County. Only seen his win, hasn't seen his concede. So we drafted him in. I think is if you're a, looking for... Is that a polar opposite of what Andrew, the yeah, sort of run he was the, on? The, the reverse Andrew Christie. Um, but uh, yeah, if you're looking for a good moment here, it is the, the last time that we did a live show and had commentary before it. We punished St, uh, Dundee United. And I would like to think that we'll do the same on Saturday. How are you feeling I, about the live show, man? Are you feeling, feeling excited? Very excited. I just that was last last time was a great laugh. Uh, last time was a great laugh. Uh, really good some buzz. good prizes, good prizes lined up as well for when we we do the quiz. Mm. For money can't buy numbers. A, f- a few money can't buy numbers. Stuff yeah. that stuff that will never be repeated. Uh, like last year's, I think is it uh, Graham Thursby won the Jonah Younger picture. I think I think it's the Jonah Younger one. He's got the hand of God. Oh, the hand of Jonah. And he's got that up, and he's he's so, a he man cave out the back door. For anyone not paying attention, that is Jonah Younger's face superimposed onto Diego Maradona, scoring the hand of God, signed by Jonah Younger. <laughs> also had a, a beautifully framed picture of a kebab pie in front of an empty stadium, signed by Alex Gogic. 
Uh, what was the? Is, we also had a post from Tony Black calling us. Yeah. Uh, just listen to a Misery Hunters podcast that was sounded like a was it a kibble bold meeting with four swearing. swearing. Four swearing. <laughs> like, no signed by Charles Tony. Done. You can't. Uh, um, signed by Charles Dunn as well. Yeah, but I, I, and I, I did ask, and uh, a very very confused Charles Dunn. As well. ah. I think uh, James Hunter said that some of the looks when we they were handed over last year were, uh, were pretty odd. Curtis Main signing a picture of his own face superimposed on Prince from the Purple Rain <laughs> single cover was, uh, was 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 good. And uh, nothing to be revealed or nothing confirmed yet, but uh, the aim is to do some other silly stuff Bye. between now and Saturday, so Hopefully some of that stuff makes its way onto social media um, at some point. Uh, we've got the unofficial seventh Misery Hunter, Billy, the Hogman Hog, doing another Superman slash Misery Hunters quiz. Again, should be very good. Should be good fun. And uh, hopefully stick a bit of money in a bucket for the Charitable Foundation as well. Aye. On top of that, if we can, and lots of money behind Jamie's till. Because I am getting pissed. I haven't had a meaningful baby in about two months. And so this will I, be will be meaningful. Yeah, I'm going to get pretty silly. I think is lot a lot of pressure on the bar staff. Who one of them will be the person who usually brings me my dinner on the podcast. So uh, she will now be bringing me my pints during the podcast. <laughs> well accustomed to facilitating our shape, so God help, God help her. Um, but I, I think. Uh, I'm really kind of just thinking of the the commentary on Saturday as a bit of a starter. Just now my head's pretty much at the at the live show for now. So nice. another day off tomorrow, hopefully settle some of the ongoing nerves tomorrow and it'll be all good. It was so much fun last time. I was so I was pretty blasé about it in the lead up. The day off I was oh, I shot myself. <laughs> yeah. And then actually once it started it was a great laugh. It, it was a really nice crowd and it by all accounts, it looks like a summer kind of vibe this time. So, aye, no one, eh, no one to worry about in terms of trying to derail the proceedings aye. and forces to talk about the Herald newspaper or, uh, or council planning. Or I think uh, you know, the only thing that was on the on the kind of top of my head about the live show, if you have a ticket and you can't make it, I, if you're on the Discord fire it on there it's probably the way you'll get rid of it quicker if you're not on the discord and you have a ticket uh, just DM us and we'll yeah, see yeah, what we can do because I'm fairly certain there might be a couple of people looking for them I know we've had like tens of thousands of DMs yeah. uh, with guys asking for tickets but we've got a priority list of people who have uh, who have bumped out the top of the queue the venue has a capacity you know we really couldn't sell more than 1500 tickets <laughs> Um, we we drew the line at the average Livingston home gate, and we thought anything more than that, we're probably crowding in a wee bit too much. So, so fifteen hundred is what we went for. I think Samuel, we should probably leave it there. Um, but hopefully, I say hopefully this time next week. The intention I think will be to release the the live uh, the live show as next week's yes. podcast. The first section will be dealing with the Motherwell game in the kind of usual fashion so that plus some other stuff with all the libel and gossip removed that you can only hear if you buy a ticket should be released at some point next week I think Um, 
but we'll uh, we'll make that decision on Sunday. I think. <laughs> once, uh, uh, once once we're also not giving anything away quite yet, although if um, if you've kept an eye on our Twitter over the last month or so, you'll maybe know hopefully another fairly exciting podcast to come out unrelated to the current form and fixtures. Um, hopefully recording that on Monday and uh, we'll reveal more about it once it's in the can and we can we can send it out to everyone. But um, early signs are, I think it's going to be a really interesting chat for uh, yourself and Jamie on Monday. Can't wait for that one. See how that goes. So you will be hearing from us over the weekend. You'll certainly see pictures of us out on nuts, I would have thought. And uh should be some interesting stuff from us next week as well in the lead up to Christmas. So um, I'll just go straight down the line. It's nice to have, you know, sit in the, the main chair and get to say this every now and then and put the pressure on you to come up with something. I'm just gonna come out with that fuck Alex Ray. Thought we'd make a uh, double Gary, fuck Alex Ray there. Nah, fuck Gary McAllister. Of course. Baldy Napper came up on my, my Twitter earlier doing an interview. Who's he works for? Is it Al Etty whoever it is at now? Oh, is he out there with? Yeah, fucking bum. Imagine having access to the entire Saudi wealth fund and spending it on Jack Henry. And bringing, bringing a kit man that was Jim McAllister at Rangers. <laughs> is he the kit man at Al Etty? Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely incredible. <laughs> We'd love to get that guy a pint and ask him some questions about the, the folk coming to see the team. <laughs> I say that without any knowledge of the guy. I'm sure he's loving. Oh, anyway, have a nice weekend, everyone. Speak to you soon. Goodbye. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. <laughs> 